So my name is Sunita Baldi, and I'm the Chief Development and Communications Officer at Project Hope. So how did you get involved with Project Hope? Well, I've known for Project Hope, about Project Hope for many years. Uh, I worked in the sector for the last 10 years, and I remember them as a child, actually. Uh, they used to have the end of the night spot on TV, and you'd see the ship going down uh, the New York Harbor. And so I just kind of watched them evolve over the years and um, decided that I wanted to come work here be a part of the mission. So can you uh, tell me a little bit uh, overview about Project Hope? Yes. So we are a 64-year-old organization. We are an international NGO based in Washington, D.C. We work in about 26 countries around the world, and that can vary at different times depending on what's going on and uh, where our programs are. Um, we have really, we started out our mission really with the ship. A lot of people are familiar with the Project Hope ship. And our first mission was to Indonesia. And we would send doctors and nurses in to countries that were considered marginalized countries and needed really system strengthening for their, for their healthcare systems. We have since transitioned. We are a land-based organization. We do have regional teams throughout the, the globe uh, who work in different regions from Africa to Indonesia to South America, Central America. And our focus, our ultimate focus is really to empower and help strengthen healthcare workers training and systems in the countries that they live and work. So really to help build sustainable solutions in the countries that we work in from the local uh, perspective first and foremost. And we do that in different areas uh, of global health. So we have a focus on infectious diseases. We have a very large USAID PEPFAR funded HIV program in Africa. Uh, we also worked very, very, uh, closely with many corporations and foundations in the State Department for COVID. Uh, we helped respond to COVID both in the early days and throughout the last two years. We still have a, a pretty big program in the U.S. working with free and charitable clinics in the south of the U.S. Uh, we also um, have a very large program in Ukraine yeah. and in the host countries, Poland, Romania, Moldova, and uh, that's really around humanitarian crises, working in complex crises. Additionally, we work in um, maternal and neonatal care in two of the largest um, neonatal mortality countries in the world, which are Dominican Republic and then Sierra Leone in Africa. And that is a longstanding program that we do there as well. Um, so that's kind of a, a top level overview really of, of what we do so you brought up uh the uk ukraine crisis how important not only for physical health is you know help these people with mental health because it's some of the worst days of their lives yes yes uh you know a lot of the work that we do in the humanitarian sector 
around either humanitarian crises or natural disasters too. Um, there is a very, very strong mental health psychosocial support component to that. I think we often tend to not think about that when we're thinking about responding, you know, in an immediate crisis. And yet that is the true long-standing damage that's done to people, to human beings. Um, and so it's a big part of our work. It's a big part of our work in Ukraine right now and in the host countries. Um, we have just received funding to open up nine different um, centers throughout the region that will help with psychosocial support. Um, it's it's a, a huge need for a variety of different reasons from having the trauma and the shock of having to leave your home, you know, your husbands, your, your fathers, your, the, the males really that had to stay behind to fight all the way to just that long-term um, trauma that, that sets in um, the anxiety of not knowing what's next when you get to go home, what's going to happen to you next, not feeling safe. So it's a big part of our work. It's a big part of our work during crises. And um, it's you know, something that we continue to look into in terms of what more can we do. So uh, for you personally, how does it feel that you know, you're a part of an organization that is making a difference? Oh, it, it's my passion. I feel very fortunate to have a career and do something every day that I love that is near and dear to me. Um, I grew up with parents who worked in both humanitarian work, climate change, climate change and health impacts. And I started out my career in the corporate sector. And so moving to not only the nonprofit sector, but into global health and humanitarian work is kind of like the perfect combination of bringing my upbringing, my passion and interests and my career together. So I feel really fortunate. I um, get extremely energized going and visiting our beneficiaries, our programs in the field, seeing the work firsthand. Um, I have two young children. I constantly talk to them about the importance of being humanitarians, caring about the planet, caring about human beings. Um, and I hope that my career is, is really ultimately my legacy to my children. You brought it up, but can you tell me a little bit about when you're on the ground firsthand, what it's like? Well, it varies depending on where you where you are, where you're going, um, where you're visiting. There's everything from um, you know just the the logistics of getting in. There's oftentimes language differences. Um, you're really looking to see firsthand what it is that your mission and your funders are funding and the impact of lives that that's changing. Um, it's extremely moving. I've never once come back from the field and felt like it wasn't a life-changing experience to see the work, to really understand on a global impact what the needs are. You know, we, we are very fortunate um, in our country. And then to actually 
feel like you're making a difference and that you're helping other people, they're kind of, you know, there is no greater feeling. Um, I have been in areas where there is a humanitarian crisis. I've been in areas where I've gone back and met with people a year after a natural disaster. The, the two things that I think I see over and over again is there's long-standing mental health and psychosocial support needs. Uh, these things don't just go away when they're gone from the media or gone from the funders' minds. Are you know the people around the world who have been impacted continue to have to, you know, struggle and work through how their life has been upturned. Uh, the other thing to the counterbalance of that is I've seen the most resilient people in the world too. I have seen refugees from South Sudan that have crossed over and watched family members being shot in front of them and go to another country and try to make a living and build resources for their young children and to, to rebuild their families and their lives. I've seen people in earthquake zones, tsunami zones who have pushed through after they've lived through a horrifying life loss disaster and they have pushed through and they continue to push through. So the resilience is really a beautiful thing that you get to witness when you're in the field as well, seeing our work around the world. So, so the last thing I want to ask with the, the organization always evolving, where do you want to see it in the next uh, five years? Well, we have grown quite a bit over the last three years, and I am really excited about the team, our CEO, the team that we have in place. Uh, I think Ukraine was a perfect example of this team, the team's expertise and having worked in these types of environments coming together quickly to address a need within hours. Um, I think big, you know, longer term, the next five years, I, I would love to see us continue to grow, to continue to grow funding, our mission to be able to do more programs. We have an amazing cadre of technical experts. And so our ability to give back and to continue to do the work and then scale it on a larger level is a really exciting opportunity for our organization right now. So uh, where can people uh, reach out and uh, help? Uh, definitely come to our website, projecthope.org. And you can read more about our programs, our current programs in Ukraine and the, in the neighboring countries, as well as make a donation, get involved or volunteer. Millions of Ukrainians have been forced to flee their homeland, trapped without food, water, or medicine. It's a humanitarian disaster ripping families apart. Project Hope is there, at the borders and inside Ukraine. We're working to heal the scars of war, provide medical services, and support healthcare workers. With your donation, we can help Ukrainians endure. 
For more than 60 years, Project Hope has worked to transform global health. We've shielded communities from diseases like COVID-19, TB, and HIV. We've trained healthcare workers on the front lines. We've protected the lives of mothers and infants, and we've responded when disaster strikes, delivering medicines and medical supplies where they're needed most. Help us deliver hope. Together, we can build a stronger, healthier world.